Okay, you remember on Friday we looked, for those who weren't here, I'll just go through it. We looked at the natural man. Uh, he beheld his face um, from James. We were looking at it. Who remembers it? Hello? Who remembers it? Natural man. Put your hand up if you remember what we were talking about. Natural man can't remember and he forgets what manner of man he is. And um, he goes away forgetting what manner of man he is and he gets himself in bother. And really a lot of the kind of evangelism in the modern day is wrong. Uh, you've got a lot of evangelism that's talking of friendship evangelism. Hey, you can't make friends with someone who isn't born again. I'll repeat that. You can't make friends with someone who isn't born again. Friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God. Oh, you can be friendly towards them. And there's a great difference between being friendly towards someone and making them a friend. Uh, I'm careful who my friends are because I know the way I want to go. If someone wants to go another way, sorry, I don't go that way, I don't live that way, not for me. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I'm not saying you are unfriendly towards them, but you don't make friends with them. You're all going quiet. Is that all right? You understand the difference? If someone wants to live like a devil, you don't want to make a friend of him, do you? And so I wanted to look today and go on talking about the natural man. And I'm going to come at it from a different angle uh, from Friday. Uh, I'm a practical person. And what I want to say this morning will apply to you. It won't apply to the person next to you or opposite you or the person you think it should apply to. It applies to you as an individual. And I want to talk to you as an individual, not to someone else. So if you think I'm getting at someone else, no, I'm getting at you. Is that plain? Put your hand on your chest. Say, the preacher this morning wants to get at me. That's his intention. He's got a bad intention. If I don't want to go God's way. If I want to go God's way, it's good intention. Understand, you know, some people, oh, uh, you know, I don't like this. Well, we're coming round to people like that. There's always moaners and complainers, aren't there? Huh? Have you always find people who can criticize, never build anything themselves, but can criticize other people who do? There are people like that all over the world, aren't there? You know, they, they've never done anything themselves in life, but they'd like to tear someone down who has because it's called envy and jealousy, and it's just part of uh, that stinking nature that we don't want. It's called the natural man. Let's start in John 3.16. Remember the scripture in John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he did what? Gave his only 
begotten Son, that believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting... How do you get everlasting life? Believing on him whom God has sent. Let me explain something to you. Man's problem is that he's not lost because of what he does. He's lost because of what he is. Uh, and if you confront people in life and you try and befriend them to bring them to Christ, you've got a problem. Because no one basically is lost because of what they do. They're lost because of what they are. They're sinners, estranged from God. Now they can't go God's way. And they're lost not because of their actions, they're lost because of their nature. They have no life in them, they're dead. And you'll find as we go through the scriptures this morning, I, I want to differentiate between the two types of people. God sent his son because there was a problem. Man couldn't find redemption. Man had no hope. A man today has no hope. Outside of Jesus Christ, there is no hope. There's no other way to come to God but by Jesus Christ. A Hindu can't come to Jesus Christ. A Buddhist can't come to, Je to God by Buddha. A Hindu, a Muslim can't come through Muhammad. A Christian comes through Jesus. And that's the only way you can ever get to God. There is no other faith. That's it. And you have to understand, we're not a multi-faith society. We're a one-faith society because there's only one true God. So the, the nonsense of saying we're multi-faith, multi-religion, we're not. There's only one true God, isn't there? Amen? Uh, don't think that Buddha is somehow virtuous. He's not. And don't think the Hindu gods can do you any good. They can't. Foul, filthy, demonic things. And don't think that you can go into Zen Buddhism and you can go into... Oh, it's just wrong. You can't. There's only one way to God through Jesus Christ. And so we're Christians. I can't be friendly with any other form. I don't believe all ways lead to God. Of course they don't. Jesus is the way. We're Christians. And um, you'll find in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. You need to turn the pages of the book and you need to make a note of the scriptures so you can look it up when you get home. A good authorized version, no perversion. says this, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now look, when a man's dead in trespasses and sins, is outside of life. And that's how you were. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, 
according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Your agreement was with the devil. Anyone who's not a Christian born again, they walk according to the world, according to the devil. They've made a treaty with the devil. It was made by Adam and Eve in the garden and that treaty has never been broken and man and woman dead in trespasses and sins always goes according to the devil's way, the world's way. They cannot do anything else. Is that plain? Don't ever think, oh no, they're good people. No, they're not. There is none good, not one. And that's it. So there's only two courses you can be walking. You can walk according to the prince of the power of the air. It's a spirit that works in the children of disobedience. Among whom also we all had our conversation in time past. That's where we lived. That was our manner of life. That's what we were in time past, all of us. There's no one here that can say, I never did that. No one's ever born a Christian. You've got to be born again. Don't ever think you grow up in a Christian home, therefore you're, of course you're not. Don't be a fool. Everyone, Paul says, had their life in this way in times past. In the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Hey, all of us. All of us. Put your hand on your chest, say, that means me. We all had our place there. We all had our place there. Go and say it. That's what the Bible says. I believe it. Do you? So when you're coming to try and bring someone out of death into life, the first thing you need to do is identify their problem. Hey, you won't bring someone to life if you don't tell them they need a saviour. They need help. The idea of having a pop concert and trying to get people into church by watering down the gospel doesn't work. Because if people don't know they're in death, they're not going to want life. They don't realize they're sinners, they don't need a savior. Too often I find people seem to think that, oh, well, you can bring them in slowly. Hey, you can't bring someone slowly out of sin. They've got to make up their minds are they going to quit it or not. <coughs> Choice. All right? You all got that. Are you with me so far? It's getting worse. Or better, whichever way you want to look at it. Look at this. But, um, Romans chapter 5 verse 12 Romans 5 verse 12 you need a Bible you must leave everything at home bring a Bible you've got to be able to look at the book I want you to know it's in the book 
I'm a bookman. It's not in the Bible, I don't believe it. It says this in Romans 5 verse 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. All right? Death is a spiritual state. When Adam and Eve sinned, they didn't die in the sense of cease to exist. Their life wasn't ended. What ended was their communion with God. They became spiritually dead. And death passed on all men. We're all dead in trespasses and sins. We're not alive to God. We're alive to the devil. We're alive to the course of this world. We're dead to God. We need new life. That's why we need to be born again. We need to come, and as Ephesians said, we've passed from death to life. We all had our conversation, a manner of life, in time past in the death. Is that clear? That means all your relatives, they're either alive or dead. If they're dead, they're dead. spiritually dead and death came through Adam as I said in the garden obviously it's not talking about um, physical death it's talking about a spiritual death uh, we really are talking about taking on the nature of Satan which is the nature of death Ephesians makes it clear we walk according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience before you're born again hey you're married to the devil whatever way you want to slice the pie that's really what it is that's what Paul says now when Jesus came and spoke to the uh, Jewish nation he spoke to people that knew the law and, and they knew sin when Paul wrote his epistles he was mainly talking to the Gentiles of which we are and so he expressed uh, many things that Jesus didn't express because he had to explain. Because to a Gentile, anything was okay. He lived without the law. And you don't know sin but by the law, according to Paul, and I believe that. When the law comes, sin revives, I die. That's revival. Wrong type of revival, but that's what happens. Uh, and so often Christians get themselves in a mess because they don't know how they should live. They're always compromising and woolly and, uh, and, you know, they've got these notions and ideas that are wrong and you need to be corrected. And I'm talking to each one here. I don't care if you've been so-called in faith 30 years, 50 years. I'm talking to you. Is that plain? Okay. We're going on. Satan's nature is spiritual death. I'll tell you how it's manifested in hatred, murder, and deceit. You know, the devil came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That's what he does. 
That's his nature. That's his way. And that's what man does. He tries to steal. They call it business acumen. That's how the world masks it. To cheat and live by deceit. They call that negotiation. I mean, the world's got names for everything. And I'm talking about the natural man. Colossians 1 verse 13. Hey, in Colossians 1 verse 13, you realize if you're born again, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. We've come out of darkness into light. Colossians 1.13, okay? You've been translated. You know, when I go abroad, they, they speak funny languages. And if I want light on what they're saying, someone has to interpret for me. I've always had the view that um, if someone really wants to get to heaven, they should learn English. Uh, if they don't learn English, they're going to find it hard in heaven because it's the language God speaks. And you will note that only in English do you have an authorized version of the Bible. Uh, I don't speak languages. I can go and if they talk to me in their foreign language, I don't know what they're saying. If you go to a man who lives under the dominion of the devil, I'll tell you what will happen. He won't understand. He just won't understand. Just nice theories. Nice ideas. We won't comprehend it. You've come out of the realm of Satan when you're born again. You've come out of spiritual death. You've come out of hatred. You've come out of murder. And you come into the realm of life and light and love and freedom and joy and all the things that God gives us. Amen? Hello. Is that right? Right. But I, I, sometimes people don't. Huh? And then we get problems. And, and, and Jesus, when he wanted to explain the natural man, and don't forget, you can look in the mirror of the Word and you can forget what manner of man you are, can't you? And you can go your way and live wrong. Do you remember? James, we looked at it on Friday. Well, here, here we go. Jesus was talking, and you'll find over in John 8, verse 44, talking to religious people. Uh, this might apply to you. I meet lots of people who say, oh, I know I'm born again. I know I'm uh, saved. And here, Jesus is describing the natural man who's got a cover of religion. They're called Pharisees. And he said, you are of your father the devil. The lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar 
and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Now here Jesus is saying to people, he said, look, you're of your father the devil. They said, we be Abraham's seed. You remember the story. I don't want to go into that. John, John 8 verse 44 said, look, you're of your father the devil. He was a liar from the beginning. Deceit and crookedness is part of the nature of the devil. See? And one of the biggest problems in any church is to get people to understand that truth is the nature of God and deceit is the nature of the devil. A lie only comes from one place. There's no white lies. <laughs> a lie is a lie. Truth is true. See, and the devil's a liar and is the father of them. So if you want to know what's souring your life, just look at how honest you are. Don't think, oh, well, yeah, but, you know, sometimes, you know, a lie's a lie. You can't expect uh, natural men to give us a Christian government, can you? You can't expect the natural man to tell the truth. Why? Because he's under the dominion of the devil. That's the way it is. Now, the church don't like to say that. In fact, the church don't even like to admit there's a devil. What we like to say is, oh, well, yeah, but that's just their opinion. You know, they're good men. They're not good men. The only good man is Christ. There's none good save God. And if God lives in you, then you're transformed by the power of an endless life. But without that, you know who you belong to. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says this and it explains clearly to you 1 Corinthians 2.14 there's a big but but the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. There's one thing about a natural man, he's stuck when it comes to the things of the Spirit of God. You can't know the ways of God, you can't know the life of God by your natural reasoning. Your five senses don't make sense. I believe my Bible. See? Is God right? Hello? I mean, maybe he made a mistake. Can't, can he? You've got to understand that the natural man, and, and it's the man I'm talking about who's natural that we looked at on Friday, he, he's totally under the dominion of Satan. His mind's under the dominion of Satan. 
His senses are under the dominion of Satan. He's under the dominion of Satan. He's ruled. The natural man is ruled. There's only one man who isn't ruled, and that's the recreated man who has Jesus as Lord and King in reality. He walks in truth, he lives truth, he believes truth, and he is truth. Because he's born again from above. That's the only person who's outside of the dominion of the devil. Recreated man. New creation in Christ. All things are passed away. All things become new. And all things are of God. Now that is the only person who's escaped the dominion of the devil. That's pretty serious, but that's what God teaches. It's what I believe. Uh, you'll find over in 2 Corinthians 4. Look in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 3. Told you this morning be a Bible study. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 3 says this, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid from them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. If someone's not in life, it's because the God of this world has blinded their mind. There are people you can talk to, and they just won't hear you. When you challenge them, they're not going to listen. As a pastor in a church, I find there are people that come to me, I'll tell them what's ethical and right and what's biblical, and they still won't hear because the God of this world has blinded their minds. They won't listen. They come for advice, and I know they'll go off and do their own thing. That's just them. In fact, the preacher's job is not a very fruitful job because when you look at it, it's the foolishness of preaching. You preach to people, and you know if the God of this world has blinded their minds, they're not going to listen to you. So what's the point in telling them? And yet you're faithful to tell them because God can open their eyes and do a miracle. And so you preach the gospel, and whomsoever will may come, and... God is God and there comes a time when he draws back the curtain and lets the glorious light of the gospel shine unto them and you can't tell when it's going to be with whom it's going to be how it's going to be God does what God does when God wants to do it and I'm a total Calvinist I believe in the absolute sovereignty of God and I'm a total Arminian I believe whomsoever will may come and I put them both together and can't explain either. And God doesn't explain it either. Jesus said, hey, if the Father doesn't draw you, you can't come to me. And then he goes and he calls the disciples. He says, come and follow me. And they follow him. Now, 70 follow. 
There comes a time when Jesus said, will you go away? They say, to whom can we go? You've got the words of life. But a lot of the disciples fled. I mean, God's God. You know, uh, we have this treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellency, the power might be of God and not of us. I'm amazed the people that God really does enlighten and touch and the people he doesn't. Sometimes I think he chooses all the wrong people. Sometimes I think, Lord, you know, if, if you had a choice, I wouldn't have this crowd here. But, but God's God, isn't he? God chose you. Why did he choose you? I don't know. Why would, did he select you? Because he has no taste. I mean, what, what is it about our God? He takes the things that are not and the foolish things of the world. Turn the person next to you and say, now he's talking about you. You know, <laughs> things that aren't worth anything. And he redeems them. That's our God. All right. It's veiled by the God of this world. He gets a veil over people's hearts. He hides the truth from them. He really does. Uh, and you see, what happens is when you come in and you hear the word of God, you look, as we saw in James, you're, you're looking in a mirror and you see what manner of man you are, but it's amazing how quickly you forget it. Straightway. Forget what manner of man he was. Goes his way. Romans chapter 1 verse 21 says this, complaining a man, he says this, because that when they knew God they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Are you with me? Romans 1. Verse 28 is more awful than that. It says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. That means a mind void of judgment. To do those things which are not convenient. And it goes in all the kind of filthiness. But what you have to understand, people don't like to retain God in their knowledge. I'm amazed how people get stuck on the fact they want to turn around and they want to have their own ideas, their own views, they take a world view. You go to somewhere like uh, a Bible school and they talk about world view. You get politicians now, they talk about world view. You get um, banks, they talk about world view. Economies, world view. Hey, there isn't such a thing as a world view. I want to tell you, the person next to you is more concerned about his own welfare than he is about world. No such thing as a world. There's a devil view. 
which is built on selfishness and self-centeredness, but they're not a, a true worldview. The only true one who had a worldview was God. He sent his son. He said, this world, there's nothing good in it. I'm sending my son to bring redemption. His name is Jesus, and he came to redeem us. All right? Are you with me so far? Hello? Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm talking to you. You'll find out why in a minute. You see, natural man uh, and the natural mind, it receives the impulses from basically the knowledge of the five senses, what you see, what you hear, what you smell, what you taste, all, all your, uh, what you feel. Uh, that, that, that governs you, doesn't it? Or doesn't it? Hmm? When you go and you look at life, you go by your natural senses. And it's one of the most uh, awful things. Uh, and when God wants to talk about natural man, and when God wants to make it plain what natural man is, he, he makes it very plain, and you'll find that over in Romans chapter 3. And here's where I really wanted to get to. This is all bringing up to, see, uh, I've laid a foundation so I can really come to say what I want to say. Um, and in Romans chapter 3, it's verses 10 to 18. I don't want to read it all, but I just want to pick out things that will help you. See, there's, there, here we have a real definition of the natural man. And in verse 10, you'll realize there's indictments brought against humanity. And one is, there is none righteous, verse 10. No, not one. All right, God's view of the natural man, there's not one person. Now, we're talking of, of sinners. We're talking of unregenerate people. There is not one righteous, not one. Now that means there's no one here that can claim ever that he came as a Christian because he was born in a Christian family. That is rubbish. Or he was baptized as a baby. That is rubbish. There is none righteous. No, not one. Is that clear? Do you all believe that? Or did Paul get it wrong? When he wrote to the Romans, and he was writing to the Gentile church, now look at the next indictment. Verse 11, there is none that understandeth. None that are righteous. None that understandeth. All their impressions and knowledge are from the five senses, they've all been distorted by Satan. When you start talking of God to a worldly person, they have an image of God that is totally false. They have an image of an angry God, a vengeful God, a vicious God. And 
when you talk about Jesus Christ, they don't associate grace and forgiveness and freedom. None that understandeth. A lot of people, they, they go with their sense knowledge and they think they can understand God. They can reason God out. They can research God. You can't. The natural man can't understand the things of the Spirit. And then the third awful charge is in verse 11, there is none that seeketh after God. I meet a lot of people, oh, I've always sought God, liar. None. A worldly person will never seek after God. Not the true God. They might seek religion, they might seek appeasement, but they'll never seek the true God. You'll find it just doesn't happen. None righteous, none that understand, none that seeketh. Now, do you believe Paul was right? Or was he wrong? We're looking at the natural man. Was he right? Now, I'm talking to you, each individual. See, what you've got to identify with is are you living in the natural or the spiritual? Verse 12. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. Notice the rest. There is none that doeth good no, not one. Hey, it's quite an indictment, isn't it? Against the natural man. He goes on. You know why the Holy Spirit came? He came to convince us of this. You start telling worldly people this and they get offended. Well, I... I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm not a bad person. Well, God's opinion is you are. Well, I, I, and of course, they're blinded because they live the world's way. There are people here today who, who won't like to hear this. They'll sit there in their little religious front on, and they won't like it. But the truth is, you'll never win a person to Christ unless you tell them the truth about themselves. If you don't confront someone with his need, he's not going to find a solution to his need. It's nice to have an easy gospel, doesn't confront sin. See, but Jesus died to save the people from their sin. If you don't know what he's saving you from, you're not going to get saved. What God is about is dividing us from the devil. <laughs> you know, if you're, you're living according to, and walking according to the prince of the power of the air, what God's come to do is send his son to deliver you. You know, Jesus was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. <laughs> He's come to break that death thing in you. He's come to break that disease thing in you. He's come to break that, that 
terrible stealing in you and he's come to set you free of it so you can live for God. That's what he's come to do. He's come to separate you. You're translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. The devil dominates you. God wants to, <laughs> he wants to dominate you. He wants you to know Jesus as Lord. He wants you to come into freedom. Uh, and you see there's, there, there's a big gulf separating the two kingdoms. They don't mix. That's the way it is. Verse 13, another awful indictment. Their throat is an open sepulchre. Their throat is full of death. In other words, they're like their father, the devil. They're murderers. Now, they don't go out and kill. They just murder with every breath in their body. Because... They hate the truth. And inside of them, no matter how they try and restrain themselves, they get angry against truth. They get angry against things. I know people get angry. They don't like it. When you're straight with people and you're right up front, they get angry. Oh, they justify their anger. Oh, you know, shouldn't say this, shouldn't say that. Truth's true. See, don't you let your throat become an open sepulchre. Tell you what it did. There's some people got, got a bitter, at, twisted attitude to it. Destroy other people. It's called murmuring. I know. I'm not a fool. But then God gives them opportunity, and that's the way you know who's who. See, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Excellency, the power might be of God and not of us. God will always leave stumbling blocks for you to fall over if you're stupid. Notice the next sentence. With their tongues they have used deceit. See? Throat an open sepulchre, well, and you bury people in an open sepulchre, don't you? Huh? And with their tongues they use what? Deceit. In other words, lies. Jesus said of Satan, he is a liar, and the father thereof, when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his, of his own. That's a natural man. I meet people who lie. They just lie. It's their, it's their modus operandi in life. If they're found out doing something wrong, they lie. That shows they're the father of the devil. Devil's a liar from the beginning. See, Jesus is truth. Works in truth, walks in truth. All right? Hello? Is that all right? Clear? I meet people that they love liars. I don't. Someone's going to lie. I don't want any part of it. Why? Because if you've got someone who's a lie, you never know when you're going to get the truth, when you're going to get a lie. Uh, you just don't know how to deal with them. How can you deal with someone who's not honest? If someone's not straight, he's of his father the devil. I, I don't want part of that. 
I like a man's yes to be yes and no to be no. You know where you are then, don't you? Look at that. Notice the next indictment. The poison of asps is under their lips. Hey, deadly poisonous, poisonous snake. That when someone lies, I tell you what it does, it kills. And, and, and they've got poison in them. Here they are, open sepulchre their throat, lying deceit in their tongue, poison of asp on their lips. Whew. This is a natural man. Whose mouth, verse 14, is full of cursing and bitterness. They've always got bitterness. You know, when you hear a man who's bitter, bitter as hell. I mean, a lot of people like that. They're always grumbling about the past, you know. Well, I remember how it was. How could this person do this to me? How could that person do that? Have you met people who are always grumbling about what someone else has done? Moaning? Hey, let me tell you, you're just a natural person, not a spiritual person at all. You're governed by the devil, not by God. You're critical, always complaining. You need a change. Nothing worse than a moaner, complainer. Everything's wrong. God deliver us from such people. Verse 14, whose mouth is full of cursings and bitterness. There are some people like that. Next verse. Listen, natural man. Their feet are swift to shed blood. See? Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, verse 16. Verse 17, the way of peace they have not known. All they live for and struggle for is to gain ascendancy over the weak. They're not interested in other men's welfare. They're only interested in their ill-gotten gains, their own selfish ends. They're very quick to trample on someone else. They're not there to lift others up, they're there to destroy. The way of peace they have not known. Verse 18, there is no fear of God before their eyes. They don't fear God. One of the things that I worry about is in churches up and down the land, there's no respect for God anymore. Do you know people come to church dressed in jeans and a sloppy jumper and t-shirt? They have no respect. Well, I don't like it. Tell you why not. If you can't have respect for other people, if I go somewhere to have dinner with someone, I don't go around dressed in the clothes. I do the gardening because I don't do the garden. <laughs> Got a gardener to do the garden. But if I did do the garden, I wouldn't go around in the clothes. I would have done the gardening had I done the garden, which I don't do. 
Oh, glory to God. Show respect. There's no fear of God. People come and, you know, they, they don't respect the word of God at all. They don't respect the Bible. Huh? They don't even own one, some of them. And if they did, they don't open it. Let alone do what it says. Churches up and down the land, they hardly want to preach at all. They want to, um, you know, have someone come along and prophesy over them or sing ad nauseum, drum kits blaring, beating your eardrums to death, loud music, screaming in the mic, you know, and... God didn't intend us to live like the world. They're, God is God. Calvary is true. He bled and died for me. I, I just can't comprehend how anyone can try and make God like man. He was wonderful. My Jesus. I'm talking about the natural man. Doesn't understand God. He goes the ways of the devil. Let me tell you something. There's a lot out there that's called Christianity that's nothing to do with it. I don't believe in it. I hate it. They say, well... Uh, you won't win young people. Well, you look round. We don't lose that many young people, I tell you. They've found Christ. They haven't gone away to that filthy world. Sorry, I'd rather have my kids decent. I really would. I'm not interested in the way the world goes. I'm interested in the things of God. I want to bring my kids up in the fear and admonition of God not the ways of the world. That's why I, I, I love a choir. I, I had a vicar stop me at, at Manchester when we were up at the CRE. He said, oh, he said, look at that, he said. You people, he said, we're trying to get rid of our choirs and you're reintroducing them. I said, why are you getting rid of your choirs? He said, well, it doesn't attract people. I said, you've got it all wrong. If you got them to sing things that people wanted to listen to that contained truth and had music that was intelligible, people had come. But because you want to sing things from Dante's Inferno, <laughs> they clear off. But we're not like that, are we? Huh? You're not one of those who's going to lie, cheat. You see, those, that's the world. That's the natural man. Uh, and we've put off the natural. We've put on the spiritual. We've put off the old. We've put on the new. And you'll find that in um, 1 John chapter 3. 
1 John chapter 3, this great apostle of love. All right? 1 John chapter 3. In this, the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. This is the way you know them. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. You see, the reason people want to kill, the reason their throat's an open sepulchre, the reason there's poison in their lips, the reason their tongue goes against them, they're always murmuring and complaining, and, and the reason they're always vicious, and the reason they attack the truth, and the reason they attack, is because they belong to the devil. If you love someone, you don't complain all the time, do you? Hmm? If you really love God, and you love God's people, people will know it will be manifest in your life. If you're really for God's work, it will be manifest by the way you live, what you do, how you behave. The fruit of your life will manifest what you are. And if you're one of those who's out for your own ends, your own gains, your own selfishness, it will be manifest to everyone what you are, by how you live. God says it's easy. See, I, I'm a great believer. I, I know who's right and who's wrong by whether they love people, whether they really care. No, there's a lot of people that pretend to, but they don't con anyone. Love is something you can't mistake. And I'm not talking about natural love. I'm talking about true love. God love. Agape love. 1 John 3 verse 14. We know that we've passed from death into life. Because what? Because we do what? Hey, if you want to know whether you've really passed from death into life look at your heart and decide do you really love people do you love the brethren or do you find the brethren aren't the type of people you want to be with you'd rather be with people in the world that'll soon tell you who you are he that loveth not his brother abideth in death That's why I tell people, see, you have to be born again to love me. You won't love me if you're not born again, I tell you that. You couldn't. It takes the love of God to love me. That's why God put me the way he did. See? You really need to know God and love God if you're going to love me. Because you see, that's the way it is. You'd need a real experience of God to ever love me. And if you can't love me, you're not of God. That's how I know who's Christian and who isn't, by the way they respond to it. If they don't love me, I know they, they don't belong to Because people that are born of God love the brethren. It's that simple. And I have, I have a ready test by a bit of litmus paper. Ha! See, it takes a divine 
reality to love me. It really does. And that's a safeguard for me. Because no one else can do it. The natural man can't do it. I'll tread on his corns. I will get him so irritated, he'll explode. I can't help it, it's a gift. <laughs> it's a gift. This is, this is John. John, I love this. I, I love John's writings. He said, Whosoever hated his brother is a murderer. See, he's a natural man. Verse 15. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding. If someone doesn't like me, they're a murderer. That's talking in the brethren. They're talking of brothers. Now, obviously, you go out to the world where people are living like devils. Hey, it's not talking about that. It's talking about brethren. It's talking about your brother, your sister in Christ. Do understand there's a great difference. You can't love the world. I don't love the world. There's a lot of things that you say, well, you've got to love everyone. Don't give me that humbug. It says love one another. It takes enough to love one and then another and then another. Say you love everyone, it's total rubbish. You don't know everyone. How do you know you love them? It's because you lie. I meet some people who, 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 you know, immediately you meet them. The light is in their faces. The light is in their eyes. You throw your arms around them and you love them. And there are other people, they're full of darkness... You wouldn't throw your finger around them. They loan your arms. You, you, you know, you, you just know, hey, just a minute. I don't embrace the world. I embrace the people of God. They're the people I love. They're the people I'm part of. I belong to Jesus. Talking about loving the brethren. The church, you see, we're a peculiar people. And looking at you, it's right. You are peculiar, aren't you? You're unique. But there are people you can just love. Do you know what I mean? No. I, I, and it, they're just people who are, you, you know, because God's in them. The day I met Benson Ederholzer, I, I was amongst a load of pastors. There were, there were I don't know, 4,000, 5,000 people there. The moment we, we, we caught and we spoke to each other and our eyes met, hey, he threw his arms around me, I threw my arms around him. Day I met Dima Shakaran, same thing. Day I met T.L. Osborne, same thing. Hey, uh, you know, you, you can't, you can't, you can't kind of pretend it's either real or it's not. Love's something that God does. It's not selfish love, it's love. I'm talking about God love. Professor Henry Drummond one of the world's greatest scientists, so they say, 
He remarked, No primitive people have love. All they have is sex attraction. The mother will fight for her child as a mother lioness will fight for her cub. But that same mother will offer that child to crocodiles to appease her religious convictions. Mothers barter their children for immoral purposes. Still do it in India. Sell their kids all across Asia. It's not love. That, that's filial love. That, that's natural love. And a natural man's love is based on selfishness because the devil is selfish, wanting to own everything. Divine love comes from God. It's selfless. What about the natural man? His word has no values. They're unified with the devil. They're wisdom and cunning of the devil. That's why it says in my Bible, it says... The children of this world are wiser than the children of light. They're cunning people, aren't they? No? You found that? Some worldly people are so cunning. They live in the sense realm. They don't know the reason for creation. They don't know the reason for man. don't know what he, why he is what he is today. They don't understand. They need a Christian to tell them. You know, there's one thing about it, a, 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 a community like ours. Hey, it's creative. We've got God the Creator living in us. Do you know... Every real advancement in science, every real advancement in life, it was Christians. If you look back, you'll find the Industrial Revolution that guided this country was governed by the Huguenots. We became a great world power with the empire. The Huguenots came over here. We had the Industrial Revolution because of the Christian influence of the Huguenots who came. In Canterbury Cathedral, there's still, and it was Louis XIV time, but in Canterbury Cathedral still, you've got a chapel for the Huguenots. We have a heritage. We used to protect the Protestants when they fled from the wretched French and the evil Spanish and the tyranny of Europe. And Europe's never had a proper revival because they destroyed the seed of God from out of their nation. They determined to kill every Protestant, murder them, burn them. And they drove them out. And we became a great power with a great empire because of the Christian influence. We took the gospel to every nation. <laughs> this book is all history, you know. You don't like history, you can't be a Christian. And this is a continuing acts. Isn't it? That's when when people say, let's let's go away from it and forget it. You know, you learn about your present by your past. I want to ask you today, are you natural or are you spiritual? <coughs> Do you love? Do you really love? Do you love your brethren? Are you in love with people? 
are you one of those with death in your throat? Throat and open sepulchre. Is it <coughs> lips, poison of asps, tongue full of lies? Are you living a new covenant relationship with God? Covenant of love. Some of you might take offense at my views on the world. I travel the world. My father was born in India. My grandfather was in India. Wasn't in Africa. And he wasn't subduing the colonies. He was in India with a Raj. Ra Ra. And I tell you what, they did a good job. Might not have been the best. They made some mistakes. Uh, modern day films don't tell the truth. But let us face it, Jesus Christ is the Savior. The ways of the world no one can trust. The ways of God we can all trust. And we're Christians. I gave up my culture. But it doesn't mean I don't know my history. I gave up the things of the past when I became a Christian. I don't care what nation you come out of. That's not what's important. You belong to Jesus. You're part of the kingdom of God. Are you a natural man or are you a spiritual man? Are you full of hate, bitterness, blaming people, blaming circumstances, blaming education, blaming... Look, you can blame everyone for the way you are or you can get up and you can change it. God's given you the power to live a different way. God's given you the ability... His name is Jesus. He died on Calvary's tree 2,000 years ago. You don't need to live like a devil and you don't need to live under his dominion. And you don't need to live for selfishness and self-centeredness. You can live for God. You don't need to go the way of the world. You can go the way of Jesus Christ. The whole gospel is about that. That's what we should be out there sharing with people. Not some cuddly, waddly, uh, oh, Jesus loves everyone, you know. But hey, Calvary, Calvary was real. The cross was real. Death was real. Resurrection's real. The blood was shed to wash us clean of our sin. Don't ever get this idea you can put it away and make the gospel acceptable. No cross, no crown. You can't take the cross out of it. And that cross means your life, your will, your desires, your ambitions have to go. You've got to live for God and you've got to do his will. Or you can come to this church, you can listen to everything I say on Sunday morning, you can look and straight away when you walk out that door you'll forget what manner of man you are. I want to challenge you this morning. I wonder when people listen to you, whether your throat is an open sepulchre, whether there's poison in your lips, whether your tongue lies, whether there's murder and bitterness inside of you, complaining and murmuring, 
or whether there's life. That's what counts. And in the end, inside of you there'll be a response. The Spirit works in you as sure as night follows day. There's either light and you rejoice in the truth, or there's darkness and you hate it. And you'll cover it because your deeds are evil. And you'll justify it with your excuses. But it's there. And I want to tell you, every one of you, the Holy Spirit's a true and faithful witness. And at some point this morning, I'll trot on your corn. Now, does it delight you to know what's wrong? And look at it and say, hey, I need a change. Or does it offend you? That shows what spirit's working in there. What governs you. And you need to make a choice. That's the truth. I don't have to be under the dominion of the devil. There's a God who loves me. He's good. He's a very, very good God. Not angry with me. Not against me. 2,000 years ago, Jesus did it all. I can choose to join him or I can reject him. I can live for him or I can be trapped. And that's where it's at. I want to ask each one of you this morning. You can't serve two masters. You can't. You can't have a foot in both camps. You can't. You're one thing or you're the other. You're one thing governed by the devil or you're the other. Either you're full of love or there's bitterness and clamor and hate in you. The word of God's sharper than a two-edged sword. It cuts, it divides. What has happened so often is people don't share the truth. They don't share reality. I want to ask you, as a friend of your soul, Where are you going? To whom do you belong? That is a real question. Does God own you? Or does the devil own you? 
You say, oh, it can't be that simple. It is. You're either under the prince of the power of the air or, or you belong to God. You say, well, I know I'm born again. Yeah, but how are you living? Have you put off the old? Have you put on the new? When people go and talk to you and fellowship with you, do they find sweetness and life? Do you minister life to them? Or is there something else that comes out of you? Poison. Are you a murmur and complainer? Have you got all your excuses, all your ammunition to blaspheme the Holy Ghost and accuse God? Or are you one of those that says, just a minute, I'm my problem. God's true. Do you live by your five senses or do you live by the word of God? Do you think things through and reason things out and live in your mind which is deadly or do you live by the principles of God which is life? What do you do? Each one of you. What do you think? What do you feel? It's a question for each one. Let's pray. Just bow your head where you are. You know, it always comes down to your choice. The good news is Jesus died for you. He took your sin and my sin into his own body. Hey, he came to break and destroy the works of the devil. He came to tear down the things that are wrong. He came to put his life within you. He came to break those bands that bind. He's for you. He loves you. And you have a choice this morning. You can either let the word go and forget it or you can let the word do its work. My Bible says he sent forth his word and he healed them. There's healing for you today. Body, soul and spirit. There's healing in your life. He's not angry with you. He loves you. Father, I just pray for each one here. Lord, let the word 
go inside. Lord Jesus, you sent your word with healing power. I just pray. Lord, your word will accomplish what you sent it to do. Now this morning, just keep your head bowed, your eyes closed. I don't want anyone to move from where they are. I'm not going to ask you to come down the front. It's between you and God. But one thing I am going to ask you to do, it's just where you are. And that's all I'm going to ask you to do. If you know the Holy Ghost has put his finger on things in your life that have to change, you want to say, God, this is it. I'm not going to be a forgetful hearer. I'm going to be a doer of the word. Things are going to change in my life. Right where you are and where you sit, I just want you to put your hand up. If you know the Holy Ghost has spoken to you, you know there are things in your life you need to put right. Just put your hand right up, your right hand right up. Don't anyone else look round, it's none of your business. God knows you mean it. Father, I just pray for each one who's responded. Lord, I thank you, your word has the power to change. Lord, do a miracle in each one. Lord, uproot the wrong seed. Take out what the enemy has planted in hearts and lives. And let your word bring forth fruit. Loose the band. And Lord, wash each one in your precious blood. I thank you, Lord, that you forgive each one. You've come to change everything with each one. Lord, from this day on, I've set them free. In the name of Jesus, I command health, healing, and life. Lord, and let them not forget the word spoken but let them from this day live it. Let them love, let them care, and let them be what you intend them to be, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.